Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Welcome, everyone, to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. To stay up to date on all things VOBB, you can swing by our website and sign up for our weekly newsletter, boothbesties.com. And you can also join us on the VO Booth Besties Facebook group as well. Now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, A.B. Tim Tippett is a professional voice actor, audio tech wizard, teacher, mentor, and composer for film and TV. His work can be found in numerous areas, be it lending his world to world voice to world-class brands such as Mercedes-Benz, Lexus, Volvo, Craftsman, New Balance, and Toyota, just to name a few. You might find his work as a composer, where he has produced multiple scores spread across a wide variety of genres and formats, or you may have heard him play on a track or two where he has lent his skills as an accomplished singer, guitarist, or multi-instrumentalist. He is highly regarded and respected in the world of voiceover for his audio tech prowess, his ability to simplify the mystical, and his no-nonsense yet kind approach to teaching others on how to master their audio tech. As such, he has long been dubbed by the voiceover community as the VO tech guru. Tim is passionate about a few things, but none more than helping enable human beings to be the very best they can be in their pursuits to improve their lives and the condition of the world around us. So over to you, NJ. And that, Tim, is why you are officially a bestie now, because we love supporting our voiceover community as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> my new campaign manager, Alicia Bay. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> for a small fee. Happy to do it. it. Happy to do it. Are you for hire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do. You know, I do speak for a living, but sometimes for money. Yeah. <laughs> when well, I really like the person. Thanks for joining us today, Tim. We're so excited to have you here. And yes, that was a glowing bio. Um, you are. So talented, and I know many people in the industry already know you, but there's some newer folks who don't. So we're excited to kind of jump in, ask some questions, get to know you, get to know uh, your views on things, not only with tech, but also with collaborating with other creatives. So um, you're called the VO Tech Guru. I don't know if you love that name or not, but <laughs> how did you find your way to this title? Like, who is Tim Tippett's that he gets to be the VO Tech Guru? Well, Tim Tippett was a uh, previous studio musician, composer uh, for film and TV and uh, live musician, etc. And I one day just decided to take control of my own destiny. I was tired of working for other people um, and I decided to do something about it. So I looked at it and I looked at all my attributes and turns out that was voiceover. So I jumped on in and I just assumed everyone had the, the technical know-how that I did. And that turned out to not at all be the case. <laughs> so on Facebook and other places, I'm giving people advice, you know, YouTube, whatever, to help them out. Because I, I really like, you know, I don't like, I love enabling human beings and, and helping them to, to pursue their goals. And so, you know, it just came naturally for me. And uh, 
after a while, you know, the community took notice and a prominent figure decided that uh, they wanted to interview me and called me VO Tech Guru in that session. And I was like, oh boy, you know, because Guru, right? Like, oh, you know, on the mountain. And I was just like, yeah, that's not me at all. It's not how I roll. Yeah. And I get, you get, you get Guru and I get naked Jen. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure how. <laughs> yeah. Not you sure. know, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not sure I would trade you for that one, but, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I just, you know, I, I, I know what I know, but I try to stay humble about it. And I, and I put myself in a place of understanding with others, especially as you had mentioned earlier with, you know, people who are new to the industry, I understand how scary that can be because there's so much that's unknown. Right. But Jen, you've heard me say this before, you know, life is really simple. It's humans that make it complicated. All day long. Yeah. So how does yeah? So how does one navigate all of the confusion and get you know down to the brass tacks on this? You know, to the truth, and that's what I'm all about. You know, it doesn't need to be, as as I often say, you know, it doesn't need to be rocket surgery because it's simply not. And there's a lot of information out there that is peppered with opinion or personal experience and and so on. And as you also know about me, I'm a huge fan of efficiency and figuring out ways to build a better mousetrap. Right. And so. By teaching others how to do it in my, you know, for instance, my, my audio course in there, I am just simply, well, <laughs> I think, what was it? Simplify the mystical or whatever yeah. it was. It? Yeah. Yep. Um, that's, that's really an area where I truly excel is knowledge transfer. Right. And so just simplifying this entire mess that is audio technology and just bringing it down to what you need to know and what you need to do in order to sound top notch and move forward. And that's it. It's just, you know. I, I, I've been called a truther or whatever you want to call me. I'm not mean about it, but at the end of the day, again, it's not rocket surgery. That's one of the things um, actually that just came up this morning with a conversation I was having with someone. And one of the things that we have found between ABJT and I, the VO Booth Besties, is we've found trust in the community. And I think that's one of the things that also helps you stand out. Like you said, are you a truth or a truth there? It's knowing that you are getting good quality vetted information and that people can trust what you're saying. And I think that's what really makes you stand out as well. You know, you say, I tell the truth, but you don't have an agenda, you know, and that's, what makes it more appealing and, and, and more relatable. And, um, again, we trust you, you know? Well, thank you. Yeah. I think um, the, the proof is in the pudding itself. It's like, you are what you do, right? Yeah. I mean, that's who you are to yeah. people. And so, you know, you, you do what it is that you say you're going to do and you just, you know, you act in an authentic manner to get to the right answers and to push the ball forward in life. And, to me anyway, on a personal level, I don't see why any human would do otherwise. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So many talent get caught up, certainly new talent, but even talent who've been in the business a little while, I need to have the right equipment or the certain thing and the certain mic and the all. And we, we just, you know, again, we kind of talk about getting down to brass tacks, getting, getting the true, getting to the truth of the matter. And we've had other engineers come on and they say, you know, the space will trump your equipment all day long. Like that, that is, you know, we, we've got to start from 
the foundation before we start adding light fixture, you know, metaphorical light fixtures and faucets and all these other things. Like we've got to know our space. Can you kind of speak to that in your opinion on, on the software versus the space? Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, as I've said in one of my videos, you know, you you could sound like a golden God and it's not going to make a bit of difference if, if the performance is crap. Right. And the same can be said for, your space that you're voicing in, you know, you could have a $5,000 mic and you're voicing in the middle of an empty apartment and you're just not going to get jobs. You know, it yeah. just doesn't work that way. Right. So, and there, and I know that there's a lot of confusion around soundproofing and sound treatment and all of that kind of stuff, but I'm going to be clearing up a lot of that for the masses here in the near future via YouTube and, and other resources to finally just nail that down once and for all, because it, it has gotten very complicated and people, are apparently, uh, you know, they're under the impression that acoustic treatment equals soundproofing, and that's just not true, right? So the bottom line is this. If you are serious about your career, uh, then you need to be serious about your space. And I agree 100% that, that, you know, your space trumps your equipment. There's no question about that. But there are a lot of very simple things that could be known that aren't because the, the acoustic foam that you see, the two-inch uh, you know, pyramid foam, it's so prolific, you know, on YouTube videos or in people's booths or, you know, any number of, you know, things that you might hear, but that goes back way back. Right. Cause we're used to seeing radio stations with actual egg crate, you know, uh, you know, the, the egg crates up on the walls and everyone has this idea that, you know, that somehow magically handles everything and you're good to go. And that's not at all true. You know, two inch foam, only handles the high-end frequencies, you know, and it doesn't handle all of the, the wolfing that might be in the room. There are other things to know, like, is the booth equidistant? Is it four by four, six by six? You know, these are things that you need to know to understand a little bit better about what you can expect from your space. But whether it's, you know, foam or panels or blankets or whatever it is that you're using, that also relates to a couple of other things such as how far you are away from the microphone. You know, I can make a space sound far better just by positioning my mic correctly uh, than, you know, than not. You know, I know that history tells us, you know, hang loose away. And I've been in enough studios in L.A. to tell you that, yeah, that's the right answer for singing, you know, because singers, and I would know, we're very dynamic. We're all over the place. It's a mess, right? So hang loose away is appropriate. Plus, it's going to be mixed into music as well. So you're not really going to hear the space and likely have reverb thrown on it, right? But when it comes to microphone position as it relates to your space, I could go hang loose away with the mic like I am right now. And even though I'm in my, you know, this is my mixing room and it's got these massive panels on the wall, clearly that hang loose away, this doesn't sound nearly as good as if I position it the way I should, bring the mic to me and then speak into it, which that alone has improved my space tremendously, right? I'm sure anyone listening would agree with that, but... It's, it's, it's not a depend situation though. Bottom line is you have to keep noise from coming in and you have to have acoustic treatment to the degree that we're not really hearing it in your signal, right? And whatever the answer is for you, it's going to depend on your space. It's going to depend on the acoustic treatment that you have, and it's going to depend on the environment around you. So each case is different and you need to address it as such. Excellent. Thank you. All right. I'm going to throw it over to JT. She's going to talk a little bit more about your um, teaching. Cool. 
Um, actually, since you led me right into it, uh, having listened to hundreds of auditions during our 101 series, we realized that mic placement seems to elude talent, <laughs> both new and pro, and it varies depending on the type of mic you have and your your space. Uh, since the majority of our audience is generally using either a 416 or a large condenser mic, can you give us some simple tips on correct placement for either of those mics? Yeah, so I, I can in general, but um, I'm going to, again, I'm going to have some stuff coming out here in the near future that's going to very clearly define that, especially as it relates to various different mics that someone might be using. But to answer your question in a broad sense, one of the things that happens a lot is that someone will be speaking into their microphone backwards or they will speak into the top of the microphone and they should be speaking into the side of the microphone. And by the way, if you've ever spoken into your mic backwards, and I've said this time and time again, don't worry about it because you're not a true pro until you've spoken into your mic backwards. <laughs> that's that's just reality, right? Well, as, as I like to say, but it, it does happen because if you're if you're doing it right, you're probably breaking down your studio once in a while. And, and improving it, right? So the, the opportunity is there. But it really does give you a great opportunity to hear what the acoustics in your space sound like when you do that, right? So that's number one. Number two, it depends on the type of mic that you're using as well. So if you have a large diaphragm microphone, then it's going to pick up a lot more than, let's say, a shotgun microphone because a shotgun microphone, its intent, the way that it's designed is to pick up what's right in front of it. I like to think of it as like a laser pointer, right? So the 416, which I'm speaking on right now, is a good example because this mic gets held up over talent out of frame so that we can hear their voices whenever they're, you know, doing their scene, right? And yeah, you can get up on that microphone and, and speak into it. We've seen it time and time again with movie trailers and all sorts of other stuff, right? So there's a way to handle that mic. There's a way to EQ that mic for that voice and also tune it for the space, right? So, and listen, I hate... I hate it when people say it depends. I really do because I love giving people concrete answers. I really do my best to do that. However, bottom line is when it comes to microphones, it really does depend. It depends on the type of microphone that you're using, the type of space that you have. Uh, I've got a friend of mine, Bo Stevenson, years ago. He, he unfortunately had to be outside the children's hospital for a very long time. And he was voicing from his car on a 416 and stuck the thing in the visor, you know, and used his iPad to record in Twisted Wave to get it done. And it sounded great. You know, he was getting jobs, right? So there's, there's a way to skin that cat. It just really depends on your space, your microphone, and how you're positioned on it, et cetera. And again, bottom line, even though I'm saying depends, it is not rocket surgery. Okay. It's just not. And when I see people recommend microphones for other people and they haven't heard them, it's really disappointing. Yeah. It really is because each mic has its own characteristic. And even the one that I'm voicing on right now, I'm, you know, you're hearing live effects. And if you weren't, if someone said, don't affect your audio. And I came in sounding like this, this is what a 416 sounds like with just me. And I've had sessions where people are like, Hey, are you running any effects, any live effects? Yeah, I am. Well, do us a favor. Turn it off, would you? Sure. How's it sound now? You know what? Turn it back on. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so if you have someone who really knows what they're doing, they really know that that microphone is going to be well-suited for your voice in that space, et cetera, and it's tailor-made for you, that's the right answer. And if anyone says otherwise, 
They're just wrong. So in the interest of being a truther, there it is. Yeah, I think you really need to test out mics and see what works for your voice. Like for me, the TLM 103, Hmm. so not good. Really? Not good. Well, that, I did that not like was, it at all. Yeah, see, there that's a really good example because the TLM-103 is hailed across the entire, you know, industry as being this amazing microphone. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just aren't going to sound good on it. Same you know? here. I had to sell mine. It, I was so sibilant on it, and um, the, the sound didn't pick up the low. It made me sound too bright. Yeah. Uh, and I, I use the 416 now. Yeah, and each person is going to be sibilant in a different area. Yep. Right. It depends on their voice, the placement of their tongue, you know, not not to call ladies out on this. But reality is that males tend to speak with a softer, flatter tongue. So we're less sibilant. Females don't. They purse the front of their tongue and they push it towards the back of their teeth. So it sounds like this. OK. And it's not the S, by the way, that we're looking to kill. It's the whistle of the S. OK, so. The EQ for each person's voice is going to depend on where they're sitting in that spectrum, right? And then you just make a cut there, and then you might make adjustments elsewhere on the EQ to kind of balance that out. But there are certain microphones out there that just, in, in my personal opinion, like the, the Rode NT1A, just shouldn't be a thing in voiceover. And they were for a very long time. They've been discontinued. But it is an incredibly sibilant microphone. Right, and a great way to get yourself in quick trouble if you're sibilant, right? But anyway, yeah, I hear you. The 103, even though, I mean, I, you know, I've been told I sound amazing on it, but someone else, maybe not so much. And that goes back to my point. When people recommend microphones, it's like, hmm, you know, that's, that's a really tough nut to crack. It's, it, it is a, you know, individual by individual thing. It's like telling somebody how they should drink their coffee. Yeah, that's a really Don't good do it. analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good analogy. Yeah. You know, hey, I've, I put two creams and three sugars in mine. You should try it that way. And it's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it sounds that it sounds like you cover a lot of this in your uh, your pro course, audition ready audio. Tell us yeah, a little bit more about yeah. what you do. In so that. yeah, audition ready online is um, was born from this this one on one thing that I started with talent because a lot of people were coming to me and saying, "Look, I would like to know what it is that you know," right? And I thought on that and I was like, well, how can I get this knowledge transfer thing going and simplify it for people so that we're not sitting here taking a college class to know what it is that I know, right? So when I listed everything and I broke it down and then I reversed engineered it, I quickly found out that, wow, you know, this is a whole lot like heading into any given DAW, like Audition or, you know, Twisted Wave or, or Pro Tools, et cetera. You know, it, it looks very intimidating and it looks very scary when you step into it, kind of like the, the you know, controls of a spaceship, right? But if I were to tell you, look, you only need to mess with these four or five things to fly like a pro, you'd be like, well, then I'm good, right? And then later on, you can use this lever if you decide to, you know, carpet bomb someone. <laughs> you need to do that, right? But right now, we just need to get you to the right answers, simplify the process. And so I took that position on it and started teaching people one-on-one and it was highly successful to the degree where I became overloaded. Right. So my voiceover career went away. Any composing that I was doing, uh, for TV or film, all of that went away. It just literally just consumed me. So I then decided, okay, well, let me take it online and take a look at, you know, how effective that might be. So I created a course with several videos in it, as well as quizzes and a private student Facebook group and all that good stuff. And, uh, for anyone listening, you can you can check this out at uh, 
veotechguru.thinkific.com to check that out. Or you can go to my website, veotechguru.com and then click on courses and then there'll be like a free EQ lesson down there so you can check it out. But that in itself I found was like, wow, you know, now I have an opportunity to disseminate this information in a way where I don't have to be there. You know, I can, that'll free up my time. So what will I do with my time? And I thought, wow, you know, this is an opportunity for me to share stuff, you know, outside of that with the world and and create new things and new opportunities and new possibilities. And that really excited me because that's what really drives me is like I, you know, in, in the, in the best imaginable reality, I would be making a difference in this world on the world stage. Right. So in the interest of doing that, I really started thinking about it. And I was like, wow, you know, everyone and their mother is like, God, you're such a good teacher. Like you make things so easy. And and I've never really been good at talking myself up, at least not to myself or to others. But, you know, I've left that to others. And I finally started listening. They're like, look, you're really good at this knowledge transfer thing. So I just embraced that. I thought, okay, well, let me start doing some other things here and and get prepared. And Jen knows a a little bit about what it is that I'm going to be doing moving forward uh, for that initiative. But bottom line is that when you are given just what you need to know and it's simplified in a way, it's relatable, okay? Because that's the most important thing. You have to make it relatable to humans. And the thing about, you know, audio files is, we sometimes tend to make people wonder, you know, do you run on batteries? Like, what's your <laughs> deal, right? And I get it. You know, it, it's like there, there's, I've never seen a session last longer than an audio file geek out session. They're the unbelievable detail, right? And, and just so much excitement around it. But when you take just what you need to know, again, going back to that concept about taking just what you need to know about a DAW that you're recording in and just sticking to that, well, now you've really increased the efficiency, you've lowered the anxiety, you've straightened this, you know, otherwise crooked path, and you've shortened it quite a bit. So now the distance between you and the things that you want out of life are now easily in sight and accessible. And again, why wouldn't you do that? Right? So as long as you maintain that type of mentality toward doing just about anything in life, I've found, right, we, we've all heard it before keep it simple, stupid. And Mm -hmm. if there's ever been anything that's been true on this planet, that one I found is true every single time. So, but yeah, I, I have a huge passion for teaching others and improving the lives of, of others to the greatest degree possible. And that's why I created the course and any, anyone who's ever taken it has, you know, been very happy that they did. I have over 1200 students now without advertising. And so, yeah, by all accounts, it's been a huge success and I'm super happy about it. And I'm super happy about the Facebook group as well, because I have just so many like really well-versed, capable people in there and they're just friendly and everyone wants to help everyone else. And it's just like, does it get any better than this? I, I can't imagine (laughs) I'll try, but it's really good. So I'm super happy, but thank you for asking. Yeah. You know, the nice thing about the course too is versus a Mm one-on-one, you can go back and reference those. Yeah, it is evergreen. Yeah, it's evergreen. So, you know, there's a lifetime, you know, guarantee my lifetime anyway, hopefully that's a while longer. But but yeah, you can go through the modules and you, there's even a place in the, in the modules and in the uh, quizzes where you can ask questions if you'd like. But that happens so rarely, if I'm going to be honest about it, there are very few questions in there because for whatever reason, I'm blessed with the ability to just 
simplify the complicated and you get it and you're able to apply it. And like, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> nice. Now I also, I checked out your website and I saw that you also have a course for mixing audio for multimedia. So what is the difference for someone deciding between the two courses that we're talking about? Well, thanks for bringing that up by the way, because I'm taking that back up again after a long hiatus from from getting ill unfortunately it took me about a year to fully recover but i'm okay now for anyone who's listening so thank you um but the mixing for multimedia course that i put together came from a realization that i had because i was doing a lot of work for people who had heard my auditions because i was doing a first take with just me and then if it was a job that was really well suited for me, because I usually get hired for one of two things, it's either some, you know, something really inspirational or some form of badassery, right? So <laughs> if, if it's American grit down in the dirt, whatever, like it's, it's, it's a total no brainer. I'm going to take one of these tracks and put it under my audition and send it in. And what I was finding was happening a lot was a lot of mom and pops, especially, and, and some pro outfits were like, okay, how did that happen? And I go, it's just a thing I do. It's part of what I do. Well, can we hire you to do that? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you can, right? And so I have resources for this music, which really aren't nearly as complicated as a lot of people think it is. It's it's really easy to get, you know, non-copyright issue music for your stuff if, if you're willing to pay a small fee. And so I kept doing that. And then eventually that led to much bigger projects where people were just, you know, and, and, you know, I'm rolling in the credits as the audio, you know, engineer. And, and I just eventually it occurred to me that, wow, you know, this really isn't that hard, especially at the basic level for mixing. You know, we hear a lot of these commercials and radio spots and not taking any away, you know, anything away from the people who really just kill it with those radio spots because some are just stellar, you know, they're, they're unreal, but for the most part, they're pretty simple and pretty straightforward. And so I found a way to get that information across as well. And there will be some stuff here released in the very near future. Um, I've talked to a few people about it. They're really eager for me to come back into the fold with this course. I'm super excited about it, uh, especially in this day and age, because we now have tools that we just simply didn't have a year ago. Mm -hmm. You know, with the emergence of AI and all of this other kind of stuff. It's like, wow, you know, there, there's stuff happening now with software that's just like, you know, mind blowing. Right. And I leverage that. And I leverage it to teach others, you know, how to simplify the process. And again, you know, wh why would you spend 20 hours on something where you could spend half an hour? You know, if that's what your competition is doing, okay. You know, I mean, you're going to get killed every time if you don't embrace it at some point, right? So I've embraced it as it makes sense to do so, as it serves the purpose of mixing, let's say. And that's something that I'm passing on to others. And I've got the the hoppers front loaded now to release some stuff and, and, uh, you know, start start bringing some real true capability, enhancing, enhancing the abilities of voiceover. And that really, at the end of the day, if I'm going to address this globally, and I know that you didn't ask, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go for it. I what I really, you know, what I really wish for is like the voiceover community as it were the so-called entertainment industry, right? Because our stuff falls well outside of just entertainment, but we've always been looked at as sort of the redheaded stepchild, you know, of the, of the industry, right. The entertainment industry. Cause again, going back to that egg crate thing and, you know, a person with their, uh, you know, the Malamine table with the speakers, you know, <laughs> no grill on it. And there's egg crate foam on the wall and yay, look at, you know, it's like a, watching a bunch of kids, 
you know, especially from the 70s, because that's kind of what it was. You know, a lot of people had their own radio stations, right? Mm-hmm. And so that that's always kind of been the thing there. And there are players in our business right now who are doing a phenomenal job of putting a great skin on this industry. But it, in a perfect world, and this is what I'm going after, is I would like to help reskin the voiceover, you know, uh, world and, and really show everyone else, hey, we're players in this way, too. You know, we we see it, whether it's reflected in Sovis or whether it's reflected in a VO Atlanta or whatever. It's like this this emergence, you know, of, of of our community is just pretty amazing. The things that we're, you know, we're getting done now and the attention that we're getting and putting a good skin on that, making a really amazing first impression. That's what it's all about. And I want to be part and parcel of that. I love that. Thank you. So um, I'm sure that part of that is having good social media and being searchable, being findable. Um, I did notice that you have a third course on mm. optimizing SEO. Yeah. Yeah. So that's SEO, SEOverdrive. Yeah. Um, dot com. I can't believe that was available when I searched for it. But I hopped all over that because I, I one day realized, hey, wait a second, I'm really good at this too. So let me dig in and check it out, you know. And that's another thing that I'm going to be picking back up on now which has been a little bit more difficult with the emergence of AI, but I'll figure it out one way or the other, right? Because there's, there's always the best way to skin a cat, as they say. And I will figure that out. But yeah, the, the SEO, you know, most people, when they, if they look up deep mail voiceover, I'll be the very first video that comes up. Right. And that's gotten me a lot of work. And again, it's not a rocket surgery thing. Everyone and their mother wants to sell you a plugin or SEO services or whatever. And they're just very basic things that you could know if you just go to Google Trends, which is part of one of my first videos. Go to Google Trends and start putting in search terms, whether it's for YouTube or the web or whatever. You know, like I say in one of my videos is that a lot of people are using, you know, hashtag VO or whatever. And I show why that may not be such a great idea. If you put Mm -hmm. VO in Google right now, you're probably going to get about five pages about a large market cap fund before <laughs> you get to anything related to voiceover. That's number one. And number two, a lot of people will go voiceover as one word. But if you do a search in Google Trends, you'll find that voiceover in two separate words is by far a much larger search term than voiceover alone. So when you have something just that simple and you know how to, to do what they call alt tag your images, for instance, which is a way of attaching this came about because of the, the, you know, ADA accessibility for people who may not be able to see or hear something. You have an opportunity to tag your photo with, you know, for instance, Jen Greenfield voiceover or female voiceover, you know, and, and that's not going to hurt you. She's she's doing the raise the roof with her hands. I love it. But you know, just something that simple is going to get you a lot of play, at least a lot more play than you otherwise would if you're just sitting there waiting for SEO to figure out who you are. But that's not what you want to do. You don't want to wait for Google and others to figure out who you are. You need to go and inform Google and inform Bing and and inform YouTube. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And this is how I do it. And this is at what level I do it. And people like to be in good company, right? So if they can find you on the web and they see that you're everywhere as a professional voiceover, when it comes time, when people are shortlisted and so on, make no mistake, most people, at least if they're pro outfits and if they're doing their job, quite frankly, they're going, okay, well, who, who is Jen? You know, we, we love her submission. We're loving her voice, the whole nine yards, but who is she? 
okay, let's go find out. Let's make sure that she's not an axe murderer or, <laughs> you know, something like that. And, and I, and I tripped over this when I first started looking up my name on the web, because when I looked up Tim Tippett's, there was this guy in Utah who had three different mug shots. And that was the very first thing that came up when I did a search on my name, you know? And I was like, I'm not having that. So I went after it. And that was a big part of how I got good with the whole SEO thing. And I got rid of it pretty quickly. But you guys out there listening, you would be amazed how easy it is to get yourself out in front of anyone who may have your same name. In my my case, not too many Tim Tippets is out there. You know, Yeah, it's safe to uh, say there aren't many Gentifonies either. Yeah, Tifoni is not something that you're going to hear too often. But you know, if you, if you connect that to voiceover, then that, you know, it gets even more rarefied at that right. point. Right. And so if they're putting in voiceover and they're putting in Jen Tiffany, then you're going to come up every single time, hopefully. Right. If you're, if you're doing even a, a, a half baked, you know, good job of it. If you're on Instagram and you're posting your stuff, if you're on Facebook, you know, Facebook didn't used to be a player not that long ago when it came to SEO. Now, when you do a search, you'll actually find people. And they have, you know, professional pages and so on, right? And that, as that continues to grow, it's that much more important for you to put your name and what you do in that information, whether it's a biography, whether it's, you know, your voiceover. And, and if you have mixing skills, throw that in there too, because you, you know, if you do land a job where you might be mixing the project, like I said, I, I started just being thrown $500 by a lot of mom and pop shops. And it took me like 20 minutes to bang it out along with my VO. It's like, shh. Mm-hmm. free lunch every day right so <laughs> so if i'm out there known as this vo tech guru character and someone is looking at me well that makes it that much easier for them to press the easy button and say well we want tim Tippett's because he not only is a voiceover pro but he knows how he understands every level like if you'd search for me you're going to find at some point that i have worked at just about every level of production right whether it's after effects or premiere or you know, voiceover, mixing, et cetera. And that's what you want to show and tell the world. But you cannot do that unless you take action, right? So you actually have to get moving and do these things in reality, put them on YouTube, put them on Facebook and become known to all of these, become known to the internet as what it is that you would like to be presented as. So it's, it's, you know, the secret is there is no secret. That's just the truth about it. Get moving, get it done, get your products out there, put the right tags and names on them. The rest of it is just, you know, it, it's just really super academic, you know, the bottom line. All right. I'm going to throw things over to AB because we have a sponsor. We do have a sponsor and our sponsor is Studio Bricks. And um, Tim, I was going to bring up the fact that when I built my first studio, I found your YouTube video for DIY acoustic panels. And I still have those panels. Um, but eventually my neighbor took down all of the trees between our houses and he mows his lawn like four days a week. And uh, I'm exaggerating, but he does at least use lawn equipment two to three days a week. He He's retired and that's his, his baby is his yard. And those acoustic panels, which were great for sound improvement inside the space did nothing to block the sound from outside from getting in that that whole acoustic treatment versus sound reduction thing and so i invested in a studio bricks booth which allows me to record um while my neighbor's mowing his lawn which has been 
vital for me to be able to continue working in this industry um, with the kind of noise pollution that's coming from next door, so to speak. So we love Studio Bricks. We highly recommend them. I highly, I, I highly recommend Studio Bricks um, and would suggest that anybody who's looking for a way to up their voice over business and be able to be more consistent with when they can record, look into a Studio Bricks booth. And then we're going to roll into talking a little bit more about your YouTube channel because you do have quite a few really great videos, things about how to use a mouthy clicker and how to build those acoustic panels, which anybody starting out, those those panels are great. You mentioned you may be adding some content. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, sure. So Jen knows because she was... Uh... <laughs> She's my partner in crime, or at least one of them, along with uh, Eric Holloway and, and uh, Jordan Wadley, uh, two other amazing people and just, uh, you know, sayers, doers, just really, really cool people, super, super pro about everything. As, as I, you know, Jen and I have talked about this, regardless of what they do, they are professional human beings. And I love that because if you're going to, if, if you're going to be an amateur human being, okay, that's your business. But as for me, I only deal with professional human beings. Whatever it is that you do in life is cool with me. But hey, let's be professional human beings to each other, right? And so that's what happened here in this mix. It was just like, hey, you know, let, let's do this thing. I People have always, you know, my sister, she was afraid of vampires growing up. Some With some people, it's, uh, you know, it, it's uh, Frankenstein or, you know, whatever, or werewolves, right? For me, it had always been zombies. Right? That had always been my big thing. And I'd always wanted to do something about, you know, with zombies. So I put together this video. It's currently on my page. It's on Jen's page. It's in VO Besties. And we haven't really done a launch of this thing. We we actually intentionally did a super soft launch on it. I think it was while Thanksgiving was going down. And we just wanted to see how it was going. I think it's near 500 views on my page alone. So by all accounts, it's doing well for a single piece. But it hasn't been released anywhere else. But soon we're going to be doing that on TikTok, Instagram, etc. And that is just kind of more than anything, other than it being fun and interesting and getting really great people involved on a really fun project where the execution is, I mean, it's up there. It's no, it's no small thing, but to have them do the Foley, to have them do the dubbing and to show them live on tape when they're going live for any part of their thing really brings to the forefront what it is that might be happening in real time. And I won't, you know, I'm not going to give too much away here because I do have plans to do more of that kind of stuff in the very near future. And anyone tuning in or wants to tune in about Foley or dubbing because it's such an exciting and fun opportunity, I would keep an eye on where it is that we're going with this for sure. And I'm not trying to get more subscribers or anything. I could care less. But if you track this, it's going to be really smart uh, for you to do that, number one, and really fun. Uh, for sure, because on the heels of that, even though I'm going to be releasing some more technical stuff, you know, as I did with the um, Alicia, you had talked about the the sound panels, the acoustic panels, the DIY stuff that was intentionally put out there to go beyond the VO community and into the general audio community. And I, I was right on my take there. It's got I think it's up to like one point three million views at this point. So it's been highly successful by all accounts. But that's really what I want to do is I want to I want to emerge with this kind of stuff into an area where not just voiceover are getting involved. We have other creators who are like, hey, you know what? This is really interesting. This is really exciting. I would like to be part of it. And as a result of doing that, 
I've been in contact with some real players, some serious players who are like, when you're ready to launch this thing, I want in. And when you hear that from players in the industry who've got resumes where you're like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a player. You know, when you've got that going on and everyone wants to come to the table and do this kind of stuff and people are knocking on your door, you know, you've got something. And for whatever reason, my instinct in that way has always served me very well. And so I'm really excited about what it is that we're going to be doing next in that area. And also just generally kicking up my YouTube and other, you know, areas of social media in general, because I am now ready uh, to, you know, just get in there and like really make a lot of noise with this thing. And uh, so, yeah, VO Tech Guru on uh, YouTube. Thanks for the mention. And uh, go check it out because there are a few really helpful videos in there. And, I, and I'm always surprised that people hear about me and come to me and then they start talking about, yeah, I, I was told that you could set me up with RX Elements. And I always assume that they've gone to my RX Elements video on YouTube and it's hardly ever the case. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, man. You know, if you just knew this stuff with RX Elements alone, you'd be in, you know, you're not going to be all the way there, but you're going to be a, a good amount of the way there, you know, and I'm just looking forward to getting that really ramped up and start disseminating this information. But on again, on the world stage, I love all voiceovers. Don't get me wrong, but I really want to pitch in to enable, you know, human beings to, again, to be the very best that they can be at what they do and in their pursuits. Awesome. Well, can you tell us, we have a lot of newer talent who listen in and I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm not completely clear on this myself and I've been doing this for years. What is Foley? So Foley is, first of all, Foley is with a capital F as in Frank, because the person who first started doing that, their last name was Foley. And this came from the silent era, you know, when films talkies, as they call them, uh, came into play, well, we needed, you know, to have like horse hoofs in the street and we needed to have, and you, you don't always have a way to pick that stuff up. I can't imagine back then it must've been an absolute frigging nightmare to try to get that kind of stuff on audio. Can you imagine that the guy's like carrying around some 50 pound, you know, like recording device with a, with, a, you know, one of those big massive horns on it. And he's like trying to, you know, get his microphone next to the horse hoofs. It would be impossible. So, so this dude Foley, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to create this. Uh, and anyone who hasn't seen that on YouTube, check it out because these people who are professional Foley artists, they have like pits that they operate in. I'm not sure if it's called a pit. I call it a pit, but it's got like sand in it. It's got, you know, rocks, it's got water, it's got, you know, hoses and every other little thing that you can think of that someone might create Foley with. So Foley is, the bottom line is Foley is all of the things that you would hear inside of a, you know, film or video or anything like that, where it wasn't recorded at the actual event or at the actual occurrence. And if you're doing it right, no one will notice, right? And that's one of the really cool things about the, you know, the thing about sonic properties when it comes to film or TV or anything like that, you know, it, much like it is in voiceover, if you've submitted for a job that you've heard or, or that you won, and you haven't heard back, you know, that, that freaks out a lot of people, especially if they're new to VO, you know, so why I haven't heard back? It's probably because you did a great job, right? And these people are so busy, like they're not thinking about circling back and going, Hey, you did a great job that they, they might take care of that when they release it. Right. But so, so many of us are like, Oh my God, I, I'm probably horrible and I screwed it up and all that. 
you know what, 99% of the time, if you're not hearing back, it's because you did your job. And it's the same thing with Foley. If you're doing your job, a lot of people don't know this, but when it comes to the sonic properties uh, or sound in general in film or TV, if you think about this, you're being impacted by it a lot more than you might realize, right? The psychology of sound cannot possibly be overstated. If you think about a scene, as an example, where a mother is walking her daughter through the park, it's a nice sunny day, the birds are chirping, and you've got this nice, you know, don't even have to have music in play. It's just, it's a very visual and very appealing, wholesome thing to watch, right? And then suddenly, only one thing happens while this is occurring, and that is something like, something like that. Your brain and your body is immediately going to go, I don't know what that is, but it's not good. This this amazing, beautiful, wholesome scene is about to turn into something absolutely horrible, and I didn't sign up for this, right? And so when it comes to sound, make no mistake, the people who are really, really good at it, they're affecting you, and they're doing their job, and they're doing a great job if you don't notice. If you can walk out of there saying, man, whew, that really got me hard. You can guarantee, be guaranteed 100% that it had a lot to do with the sound. It did, right? Bottom line. So, but anyway, yeah, I could go on and on about that forever, but I won't. Uh, next question. <laughs> Jen's waving her hand. We can't hear you, AB. Yeah, I clicked unmute and muted myself. Um, that was a great explanation. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So. The industry is changing rapidly and we we have to push ourselves creatively and that's important. And I think your video that you put together, the zombie video, is a good example of that, like just finding ways to kind of push yourselves creatively and try new things. Um, how do you feel like voice actors can do that themselves um, if they maybe they don't have some of those skills? Should they what should they where should they begin, I guess, is where I'm getting. Well, you know, it eventually I'll be getting into courses where I'm teaching video editing and, and, and whatnot. Because, again, this is an area where it's a lot easier than people think. But especially with the emergence of AI, you know, there are opportunities out there where you can get things done uh, without too much difficulty. But, again, the creative aspect, it's just that's not going to be there. right? You make those decisions. right? And I don't care how smart AI may be. Uh, it's just. If it does get there someday, I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not afraid of it, and I'm not worried about it at all at the moment. Uh, but there are tools out there, such as the ability for Premiere Pro from Adobe. It can detect scene changes, right? Why wouldn't you leverage that, right? And if you don't know anything about editing, I can tell you right now that a big part of the heavy lifting is just separating and cutting the scenes alone. So that just makes it that much easier for someone who may not necessarily be very well versed at editing to get something done that it would otherwise take hours to do possibly, right? So that and the fact that, you know, understanding how to mix audio with voiceover as an example is not nearly as complicated as, as people think it is. It's just not, you know, people talk about mono versus stereo and they're like hey what you know i don't i don't understand it's like isn't mono stereo because it's coming out of both speakers and it's like yeah it's coming out of both speakers but it's a single signal right it's a single signal path going out of two different speakers and stereo 
are separate audio paths, and each one of them is playing out of a different speaker than the other one. Why would that be important? Well, if you're recording music and you have more of a mix of drums on the left side and you've thrown that through that channel and then more of the guitar on the right side and you're creating this sonic space, right, this this mixing space, well, now the voiceover, if it's running right down the middle, we are now separating those from each other if you think about it, right? You're giving it space to breathe and to be heard and to be out in front. When you hear a really good mix, typically that's what's going on. So that's one of the areas where people get really frustrated is they might be dealing with a mono audio track uh, with their music, not knowing that if they split those into two, put it in the multi-track and delay one, uh, it's called the Haas effect, which is something that's part of my course here that I'm going to be addressing. That alone creates a separation and at least, you know, the psycho, the psychoacoustics of it, we perceive it as having two different, you know, spaces. Now you run the voiceover right down the middle. There, there are a lot of ways to skin that cat, right? And the more you kind of get in the know, at least at a working knowledge level, okay, the sooner you can start leveraging these things and start creating a unique space for you as a talent and as an artist, because this is your style. This is your way of presenting. This, these are the things that you like. And, and these are things that are fun for you, right? And things that you enjoy. So my advice to anyone in, in that regard would be, hey, who do you want to be to everyone? Who do you want to be to yourself? Okay, fine. Figure out what to do. And, and again, Jen and I have talked about this. Jen Greenfield and I have talked about this. You know, when you figure out your why, you'll figure out the how. You just will, right? So if you've got your why, just go and figure out the how. It's that simple. So let me add before, I mean, we're, oh my gosh, this has been amazing, Tim. We're almost at the top of the hour, but let me, let's stay in that vein for a minute. Um, yeah. So AB and I, for example, um, we, we collaborated on something. She did a, um, which we've talked about this before to anyone who's listened to our podcast previously, but she, um, for example, was in a workshop and they, uh, wanted them to craft a jingle, uh, to do a jingle. And she's like, I'm not a writer. So she reaches out to me because I am a writer. And she's like, Hey, can you help me write a jingle? I write the jingle. She sings the jingle. And then because I can't leave well enough alone, kind of like you, I'm like, <laughs> we need to make this into a commercial, like a full bone production. So from there, not only do I write it, so I start storyboarding it in my mind. I then uh, reach out to JT. She provides some sound effects. I then direct, um, I then turn around and direct AB on how I'd like her to perform it. And and here we are, we've collaborated and we put together this fantastic product. And, and, and again, did we make any money from it? No. Were we getting jobs from it? No, but it was a, a creative collaboration and challenge. And so how I want to wrap this up is let's, let's talk about that because that's how you and I found each other is, again, you talk about working with professionals, people who are creative, who are pushing the envelope, who are challenging themselves. So why do you think collaboration connecting with folks who are better than you or who do things that are that can currently do things that are different from you or maybe you can learn from them why do you think collaboration is so important for creatives like how how that elevates who we are as professionals yeah that's a great question um so i'm going to tell you that 
first of all, and and I've done this throughout my professional career as a, as a you know team leader. One of the things, again, being a huge fan of efficiency, another thing that I'm a huge fan of is increasing tribal knowledge, unearthing and, and increasing tribal knowledge or the collective intelligence of a group, right? So when you're sharing with others what it is that you're doing and how it is that you go about doing, you're exposing others to a world that was otherwise a mystery to them, right? It's, it's magic, if you will. And when you have that going on, it's very exciting. It's very appealing, right? And when a person is coming from a good place where they are looking to do something really cool for the sake of doing something really cool or something really effective or meaningful, you start getting that really, you know, earthy part of the being to emerge, right? And that's what gets us excited because they're real, they're being honest, you know, they start and you, and you find when you're doing a project where you're doing it for the sake of doing the project, you're, or for the sake of accomplishing, you know, something for you personally and for the group, you're going to find that, man, as it was with you, Jen, it's like, Hey, do you think you can do this? And you're like, yeah, I can do it. And then I have it by that night. And I'm like, uh, I wasn't that ready to, to, you know, like, give me a couple of days. But Jen was like, say say and do (laughs) it and then do it, you know, say it and then do it. You have to have integrity as a human being. And that's what I meant about being a professional human being, because you have plenty of people out there who just say and say and say and say. And after a while, it's so obvious. You see them, you know, it's like, yeah. This, this dog's not going to hunt. I'm out, you know, and when you're bringing stuff to the table and others aren't, and they're not doing what it is that they say they were going to do, it's very just defeating, you know, but when you get a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of creatives together who are just like, yeah, we're going to do this, you know, you end up knocking out superior work because it's coming from the soul. You know, it's, it's coming from a place where the person's not being even paid to do it. If you look at Pulp Fiction, that's a great example. You know, Travolta and the rest of them were hardly getting paid anything at all, like 20K a week, which was just dirt cheap at the time. And look what happened with Pulp Fiction. Look what happened to Tarantino as a result of Pulp Fiction, you know, on the heels of, of you know, something like writing True Romance. is like, who is this guy? You know, and then he's like, hey, I want to make this amazing film. And everyone just it was like, I'm going to say yes. And when you present that to the right people, to really, really good people, to like true creatives, they say yes. And then you end up with stuff like the zombie thing, which I, I, if I get one more personal message about what is going on over there, how did you do that? And all this other kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, I'll break it apart at some point in time, but it's had a, just on my messenger alone and text messages alone, it's had this massive response. And I'm, you know, I'm again, I'm not mad about it. You know, it was a, a as well, you should be, I mean, it, it is it elevated me. That's the other part is it pushes, it pushes you. And, Mm -hmm. and, and it also, one of the things that also made you a, makes you a good leader in, in, you know, getting this thing rolling was that you were open to different perspectives. You would say, what do you think of this? Is this a a take or leave and why? And, and again, it goes back to that really collaborating, not I'm in charge and you do my bidding. It is very much We've all got to, you know, bring our strengths, be vulnerable with our weaknesses and then learn, you know, and it just, it just elevates us. And you're just so on point with that. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, no, no football team ever won the Super Bowl just because of the coach. It doesn't work that way. That's reality, right? 
And when you have people who are, who have integrity and they're like, yeah, let's do this together. Let's make it happen. And they come to the table and they're doing things far beyond what you would expect from someone. If you're hiring them, you know, they're just like, oh, I got this other idea. You know, when you have a, when you have people who are like, yeah, you know what, let's take a look at that. Let's discuss that, you know, and they're not just, just, you know, stuck on the dime. They won't get off the dime on it or whatever. Then that's when you start creating amazing things. You know, because, yeah, you have to have a leader, obviously. You have to have someone, a producer like me, who's shaping it and giving it its overall tone and directing it. But when you bring in other people, and and this is true in acting and film, it happens all the time, where the director will say, hey, what do you think about this? You know, if you don't Mm -hmm. don't tap someone like a Pacino as a director, I'm sorry, you're probably not a good director. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... The thing, the thing about, and I'll, I'll wrap this up, but I, cause I am, I just, I, I'm first of all, I was completely honored that you bring, brought me in, but, but what this, this zombie and, and guys, if you haven't gone to watch it, you can find it, um, through me on Facebook, I'll be posting it on LinkedIn and, and yeah, you can find it on uh, all of Tim's socials as well, but you can't not just all of watch it once, but you can't, where I was going with that is you can watch it. But you can't, it's it's the Pringles of a video. You cannot, is that, or is it Ruffles? Anyway, you can't just watch it once. You have, I mean, you can't help but watch it three or four times because the, because not only do we have the video and you're like, okay, I want to watch that and listen and absorb that. But then you go through and you see each actor doing their dubbing and then each actor provide, or, you know, providing their Foley. And then you start looking at, the effects. I mean, Tim's skill at pr- doing things you don't even realize he's done to the actual video, and uh, it—it's just—it is oh, a like the, like the blood on the surgical mask yes, wasn't like there in the raw footage. Yeah, yes, it's that, just a masterpiece. Yeah, that I've—I've I've actually when I've asked a few different people when they t- reach out to me, I'm like, "Do you like it?" And I hear this a lot. I've watched it 10 times. Are you kidding? Exactly. Preston Tana came onto my page, you know, the, the filmmaker from Cinescapes. He was like, I love this, you know, and and that's the type of response you can expect when you do things for the sake of doing them and you love your work and everyone's engaging and everyone has said yes. And they follow through on that. It's a beautiful thing. All right, JT, let's wrap up. You know, I just one more comment on that. When you're collaborating with someone and it's it's not just for you when you want them to be really happy with your work hmm. it it makes all the difference and that it shows yeah it really does you know it it it's amazing how it is that people sometimes get caught up in their own thing you know it's like well how do i feel about it or how how do i i i right and when you get out of that headspace and you start thinking how do we do this it changes mm-hmm. everything you know and again, that's about being authentic. It's about, you know, look, looking out for the project instead of oneself. And when you have that, you've got a winner. 100%. So I can't believe it's been an hour already. It flew by. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Before we let you go, we like to ask our guests three for fun questions, a little James Lipton style. So mm. my first question for you is what show or series are you binge watching right now? Ooh, what show or series am I binge watching right now? Oh, God, for that. 
the last yeah i don't have time for it but if i have to go back and say i binge watch something it's going to be on disney and it's going to be loki okay yeah all right great show um question number two give us the scenario for your dream vacation dream vacation i'm gonna say probably seven sacred pools of hana the Kaanapali area in the bay somewhere just the world just goes away and i can just like literally just chill out and just you know take it all in and relax i i i need a vacation (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay and our third and final question if you were stuck in an elevator and there was a song stuck on repeat what song would you be able to tolerate wow (laughs) wow okay that's tolerate Mm -hmm. wow tolerate i'm gonna say jeff buckley's grace because there's there's so much good in there that i just there's always something to hear or notice and he's such a phenomenal talent that left us such such a young age so incredible the depth of that individual the depth of the music and everything that's happening in it and the dynamics it's got to be that one okay All right. Well, a huge thank you to everyone who joined us live today. If you're listening to our podcast, feel free to join us live on LinkedIn every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Uh, In the meantime, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. If you missed an episode live, you can always catch the recording later on our website, boothbesties.com, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast. We would love it if you would hop on any platform and leave us a review. Those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Once again, make sure you're signed up for the VO Booth Besties newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. Speaking of which, next Thursday, AB and NJ will be joined by casting director Alexa Magnato, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for being here and have a great rest of your day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.